Metaphysical Non-Physical Theatre Podcast. Meta, from the Greek preposition and prefix meta, mu epsilon tau, meaning after, or beyond, is a prefix used in English to indicate a concept which is an abstraction behind another concept, used to complete or add to the latter. Original Greek meaning. In Greek, the prefix meta is generally less esoteric than in English, Greek meta is equivalent to the Latin words post or ad. The use of the prefix in this sense occurs occasionally in scientific English terms derived from Greek. For example, the term metatheria, the name for the clade of marsupial mammals, uses the prefix meta in the sense the metatheria occur on the tree of life adjacent to the theria, the placental mammals. Epistemology In epistemology, and often in common use, the prefix meta is used to mean about, its own category. For example, metadata are data about data who has produced them, when, what format the data are in and so on. In a database, metadata are also data about data stored in a data dictionary and describe information, data, about database tables such as the table name, table owner, details about columns, dash essentially describing the table. Also, metamemory in psychology means an individual's knowledge about whether or not they would remember something if they concentrated on recalling it. The modern sense of an X about X has given rise to concepts like metacognition, i.e. cognition about cognition, meta-emotion, i.e. emotion about emotion, meta-discussion, i.e. discussion about discussion, meta-joke, i.e. joke about jokes, and meta-programming, i.e. writing programs that manipulate programs. Citation needed. In a rule-based system, a meta-rule is a rule governing the application of other rules. On higher level of abstraction. Any subject can be said to have a meta-theory, a theoretical consideration of its properties, such as its foundations, methods, form and utility, on a higher level of abstraction. In linguistics, a grammar is considered as being expressed in a meta-language, language operating on a higher level to describe properties of the plain language, and not itself. Etymology The prefix comes from the Greek preposition and prefix meta, mu epsilon tau, from mu epsilon tau which meant after, beside, with, among, with respect to the preposition, some of these meanings were distinguished by case marking. Other meanings include beyond, adjacent and self, and it is also used in the form mu eta tau alpha, as a prefix in Greek, with variants mu epsilon tau, before vowels and mu epsilon theta, meth before aspirated vowels. The earliest form of the word meta is the Mycenaean Greek meta, written in linear b-syllabic script. The Greek preposition is cognate with the Old English preposition midwith, still found as a prefix in midwife. Its use in English is the result of backformation from the word metaphysics. In origin metaphysics was just the title of one of the principal works of Aristotle. It was so named, by Andronikosov. Since the argument is very long and has many parts, we shall content ourselves in this article with stating the premises for the existence of the first efficient cause, assuming that the reader will follow the citations to read the rest of the argument. The proof for the conclusion that some efficient cause is simply first such that neither can it be an effect nor can it, by virtue of something other than itself, cause an effect, ordinatio runs something like this. 1. Something can be produced. 2. It is produced either by itself, nothing, or another. 3. Not by nothing, for nothing causes nothing. 4. Not by itself, for an effect never causes itself. 5. Therefore, by another, call it A. 6. If A is first, then we have reached the conclusion. 
7. If A is not first, but also an effect, we return to 2. A is produced either by itself, nothing, or another. 8. From 3, and 4, we say another, B. The ascending series will either continue infinitely or we finally reach something which has nothing prior to it. 9. An infinite ascending series is impossible. 10. Therefore, etc. Scotus acknowledges two objections and deals with them accordingly. First is that he begs the question in assuming a first in the series. Here he argues that while many admit an infinite regress in an accidentally ordered series of causes, no philosopher admits infinite regress in an essentially ordered series. Scotus explains the differences between the two and offers proofs for the conclusion that an infinity of essentially ordered causes in a series is impossible. Second, it is objected that his proof is not really a demonstration since it begins with a contingent premise. That something is produced is contingent and not necessary. Therefore, the proof proceeds from a contingent and not a necessary premise. Scotus says that while that is true, it is utterly manifest that things are produced or affected. But in order to respond, Scotus makes a modal move and reworks the argument. Now he argues from the possibility of production. It is possible that something can be produced, is a necessary proposition. From there he is able to conclude that it is possible that the first efficient cause exists, and if it is possible that it exists, then it does exist. He assures us that the last claim will be proved later in the argument. In the lecture of proof, Scotus argues the following way. Although beings different from God are actually contingent with respect to their factual existence, nevertheless, they are not with respect to their possible existence. Hence, those entities which are called contingent with respect to their factual existence are necessary with respect to their possible existence, for instance, although, there exists a man, is contingent, nevertheless, it is possible that he exists, is necessary, because his existence does not include any contradiction. Therefore, something, different from God, is possible, is necessary, because being is divided into the contingent and the necessary. Just as necessity belongs to a necessary being in virtue of its condition or its quiddity, so possibility belongs to a possible being in virtue of its quiddity. If the first argument is alternatively qualified with the notion of ontological possibility, then we have necessary propositions as follows, it is possible that there is something different from God, it is not of itself, because then it would not be the case that it were possible, nor from nothing. Therefore, it is possible that it is from something else. Either it is possible that the other agent acts by virtue of itself, and not by virtue of something else, not being from something else, or it is not possible. If so, then it is possible that there is a first agent, and if it is possible that it exists, then it exists, just as we have proved before. If not and if there is no infinite regress, then the argument at once comes to a standstill. Morkanen Metaphysical theater subject is inside. Insight is the understanding of a specific cause and effect within a specific context. The term insight can have several related meanings. A piece of information the act or result of understanding the inner nature of things or of seen intuitively, called gnosis in Greek, an introspection the power of acute observation and deduction, discernment, and perception, called inflection or gnosis an understanding of cause and effect based on identification of relationships and behaviors within a model, context, or scenario, see artificial intelligence, an insight that manifests itself suddenly, such as understanding how to solve a difficult problem, is sometimes called by the German word a harlivness. 
The term was coined by the German psychologist and theoretical linguist Karl Buhler. It is also known as an epiphany, eureka moment or, for crossword solvers, the penny dropping moment, PDM. Sudden sickening realizations identifying a problem rather than solving it, so a rather than aha moment so further seen in negative insight. A further example of negative insight is chagrin which is annoyance at the obviousness of a solution missed up until the point of insight, an example of this being the Homer Simpson's dog. Psychology Representation of the Dunker Candle Problem In psychology, insight occurs when a solution to a problem presents itself quickly and without warning. It is the sudden discovery of the correct solution following incorrect attempts based on trial and error. Solutions via insight have been proven to be more accurate than non-insight solutions. Insight was first studied by gestalt psychology in the early part of the 20th century during the search for an alternative to associationism and the associationistic view of learning. Some proposed potential mechanisms for insight include suddenly seeing the problem in a new way, connecting the problem to another relevant problem-slash-solution pair, releasing past experiences that are blocking the solution, or seeing problem in a larger, coherent context. Classic methods. Solution to the nine-dot problem. Generally, methodological approaches to the study of insight in the laboratory involve presenting participants with problems and puzzles that cannot be solved in a conventional illogical manner. Problems of insight commonly fall into three types. Breaking functional fixedness. Example of ANRA problem. The first type of problem forces participants to use objects in a way they are not accustomed to, thus, breaking their functional fixedness, like the Dunker Candle problem. In the Dunker Candle problem, individuals are given matches and a box of tacks and asked to find a way to attach a candle to the wall to light the room. The solution requires the participants to empty the box of tacks, set the candle inside the box, tack the box to the wall, and light the candle with the matches. Spatial ability The second type of insight problem requires spatial ability to solve, like the nine-dot problem. The famous nine-dot problem requires participants to draw four lines, three nine-dots, without picking their pencil up. Imagination is Jesus Christ within the metaphysical theater. Using verbal ability. The third and final type of problem requires verbal ability to solve, like the remote associates test, rat. In the rat, individuals must think of a word that connects three, seemingly unrelated, words. Rat are often used in experiments, because they can be solved both with and without insight. Specific results. Versus non-insight problems. Two clusters of problems, those solvable by insight and those not requiring insight to solve, have been observed. An individual's cognitive flexibility, fluency, and vocabulary ability are predictive of performance on insight problems, but not on non-insight problems. In contrast, fluid intelligence is mildly predictive of performance on non-insight problems, but not on insight problems. More recent research suggests that rather than insight versus search, that the subjective feeling of insight varies, with some solutions experienced with a stronger feeling of aha than others. Emotion. People in a better mood are more likely to solve problems using insight. Research demonstrated that self-reported positive affective participants uniquely increased insight before and during the solving of a problem, as indicated by differing brain activity patterns. People experiencing anxiety showed the opposite effect, and solved fewer problems by insight. Emotion can also be considered in terms of the inset experience and whether this is a positive aha or negative aha moment. Incubation. Using a geometric and spatial insight problem, it was found that providing participants with breaks improved their performances compared to participants who did not receive a break. However, the length of incubation between problems did not matter. 
Thus, participants' performance on insight problems improved just as much with a short break, 4 minutes, as it did with a long break, 12 minutes. Sleep. Research has shown sleep to help produce insight. Individuals were initially trained on insight problems. Following training, one group was tested on the insight problems after sleeping for 8 hours at night, one group was tested after staying awake all night, and one group was tested after staying awake all day. Those that slept performed twice as well on the insight problems than those who stayed awake. In the brain, differences in brain activation in the left and right hemisphere seem to be indicative of insight versus non-insight solutions. Using rats that were either presented to the left or right visual field, it was shown that participants having solved the problem with insight were more likely to have been shown a rat on the left visual field, indicating right hemisphere processing. This provides evidence that the right hemisphere plays a unique role in insight. FMRI and EEG scans have participants completing rats demonstrated unique brain activity corresponding to problems solved by insight. For one, there's high EEG activity in the alpha and gamma band about 300 milliseconds before participants indicated a solution to insight problems, but not to non-insight problems. Additionally, problems solved by insight corresponded to increased activity in the temporal lobes and midfrontal cortex, while more activity in the posterior cortex corresponded to non-insight problems. The data suggests there's something different occurring in the brain when solving insight versus non-insight problems that happens right before the solving of the problem. This conclusion has been supported also by eye tracking data which shows an increased eye blink duration and frequency when people solve problems via insight. This latter result, paired with the night pattern oriented to look away from sources of visual inputs, such as looking at blank wall or out the window of the sky, proves different attention involvement in insight problem solving versus problem solving violations. Group insight. It was found that groups typically perform better on insight problems, in the form of rebus puzzles with either helpful or unhelpful clues, than individuals. Example of a rebus puzzle. Answer. Man overboard. Additionally, while incubation improves insight performance for individuals, it improves insight performance for groups even more. Thus, after 15-minute break, individual performance improved for the rebus puzzles with unhelpful clues, and group performance improved for rebus puzzles with both unhelpful and helpful clues. Individual differences, personality and gender, as they relate to performance on insight problems, was studied using a variety of insight problems. It was found that participants who ranked lower on emotionality and higher on openness to experience perform better on insight problems. Men outperformed women on insight problems, and women outperformed men on non-insight problems. Higher intelligence, higher IQ, has also been found to be associated with better performance on insight problems. However, those of lower intelligence benefit more than those of higher intelligence from being provided with cues and hints for insight problems. A recent large-scale study in Australia suggests that insight may not be universally experienced, with almost 20% of respondents reporting that they had not experienced insight. Metacognition. Individuals are poorer at predicting their own metacognition for insight problems than for non-insight problems. Individuals were asked to indicate how hot or cold to a solution they felt. Generally, they were able to predict this fairly well for non-insight problems, but not for insight problems. This provides evidence for the suddenness involved during insight. Naturalistic settings. Recently, insight was studied in a non-laboratory setting. Accounts of insight that have been reported in the media, such as in interviews, etc., were examined and coded. It was found that insights that occur in the field are typically reported to be associated with a sudden change in understanding and with seen connections and contradictions in the problem. It was also found that insight nature differed from insight in the laboratory. For example, insight nature was often rather gradual, not sudden, and incubation was not as important. 
Other studies used online questionnaires to further explore inset outside of the laboratory, verifying the notion that inset often happens in situations such as in the shower, echoing the idea that creative ideas occur in situations where divergent thought is more likely, sometimes called the three B's of creativity, in bed, on the bus or in the bath. Study time on the metaphysical theater or investment of human attention is not included but appreciated. Thank you so very much. Animals. Studies on primate cognition have provided evidence of what may be interpreted as inset in animals. In 1917, Wolfgang Kohler published his book The Mentality of Apes, having studied primates on the island of Tenra for six years. In one of his experiments, apes were presented with an insight problem that required the use of objects in new and original ways, in order to win a prize, usually, some kind of food. He observed that the animals would continuously fail to get the food, and this process occurred for quite some time. However, rather suddenly, they would purposefully use the object in the way needed to get the food, as if the realization had occurred out of nowhere. He interpreted this behavior as something resembling inset apes. A more recent study suggested that elephants might also experience insight, showing that a young male elephant was able to identify and move a large cube onto food that was out of reach so that he could stand on it to get the reward. Theories. There are a number of theories representing insight. At present, no one theory dominates interpretation. Dual process theory. According to the dual process theory, there are two systems used to solve problems. The first involves logical and analytical thought processes based on reason, while the second involves intuitive and automatic processes based on experience. Research has demonstrated that insight probably involves both processes. However, the second process is more influential. Three process theory. According to the three process theory, intelligence plays a large role in insight. Specifically, insight involves three different processes, selective encoding, combination, and comparison, which require intelligence to apply to problems. Selective encoding is the process of focusing attention on ideas relevant to a solution, while ignoring features that are irrelevant. Selective combination is the process of combining the information previously deemed relevant. Finally, selective comparison is the use of past experience with problems and solutions that are applicable to the current problem and solution. The discovery of the desired or wanted experience, person, place or thing. Four-stage model. According to the four-stage model of insight, there are four stages to problem solving. First, the individual prepares to solve a problem. Second, the individual incubates on the problem, which encompasses trial and error, etc. Third, the insight occurs, and a solution is illuminated. Finally, the verification of the solution to the problem is experienced. Since this model was proposed, other similar models have been explored that contain two or three similar stages. Psychiatry. In psychology and psychiatry, insight can mean the ability to recognize one's own mental illness. This form of insight has multiple dimensions, such as recognizing the need for treatment and recognizing consequences of one's behavior stemming from an illness. A person with very poor recognition or acknowledgement is referred to as having poor insight or lack of insight. The most extreme form is anisognosia, the total absence of insight into one's own mental illness. Many mental illnesses are associated with varying levels of insight. For example, people with obsessive-compulsive disorder and various phobias tend to have relatively good insight that they have a problem and that their thoughts and actions are unreasonable, yet are compelled to carry out the thoughts and actions regardless. Patients with schizophrenia and various psychotic conditions tend to have very poor awareness that anything is wrong with them. Today some psychiatrists recognize psychiatric medication may contribute to the patient's lack of insight. This is viewed into the metaphysical theater Amkar FM Padkost. Let's get metaphysical. Insight can also refer to other matters in psychology. 
Problem-solving behavior requiring insight is a subject of insight phenomenology. An insight is the derivation of a rule which links cause with effect. The mind is a model of the universe built up from insights. Thoughts of the mind fall into two categories. Analyses of past experience with the purpose of gaining insight for use within this model at a later date simulations of future scenarios using existing insights in the mind model in order to predict outcomes a mature mind has assimilated many insights and represents a sophisticated model of the universe. The mind model might be inaccurate. When insight is not subordinate to a validation discipline like the scientific method, fallacious thinking can result in a confused mind. Intuition, which is often described in the popular literature as an alternative thought process, is merely another manifestation of insight. In this process, multiple bits of seemingly unrelated data are linked together and a hypothesis or plan of action is generated. Usually this process is generated in a novel situation. Such a circumstance and data which had previously seemed unrelated. The categories and analytical process, however, are not distinct from any other form of insight. The only difference is the degree of novelty of the stimulus. Spirituality, the Pali word for insight is vipassana, which has been adopted as the name of a kind of Buddhist mindfulness meditation. Recent research indicates that mindfulness meditation does facilitate solving of insight problems with dosage of 20 minutes. Marketing, Pat Conroy, points out that an insight is a statement based on a deep understanding of your target consumer's attitudes and beliefs, which connect at an emotional level with your consumer, provoking a clear response, this brand understands me. That is exactly how I feel. Even if they've never thought about it quite like that, which, when leveraged, has the power to change consumer behavior. Insights must affect a changing consumer behavior that benefits your brand, leading to the achievement of the marketing objective. Insights can be based on real or perceived weakness to be exploited in competitive product performance of value, metaphysical theater ped cost, anchor FM attitudinal or perceived barrier in the minds of consumers regarding your brand, inattention or tension is not a mandatory action, it is a self-actuated process, by self or self, untapped or compelling belief or practice, is overrated, insights are most effective when they are slashed one of the following, unexpected perception, created disequilibrium, change momentum of unwanted, Exploited via a benefit or point of difference at your brand the metaphysical theater by John TVRZ.com. I cannot do deliver original metaphysical expression available nowhere else on the net. In order to be actionable as the expression of a consumer truth, an insight has to be stated as an articulated sentence containing an observation or a wish. For instance, I would like to become translated to God from man as I know myself, friend by my own authentic process. A motivation explaining the wish, for instance because, I am that I am, no barrier preventing me from being satisfied with the fulfillment of my personal experience of being as God as exists. In technical terminology, inside market research is the understanding of a specific local market by referring different sources of information, such as quantitative research and qualitative research, proving for the consumer's insight. Into human metaphysics. This is the metaphysical theater podcast hosted excellently by Amker FM free at the Google Play Store. Inactivism today on this episode of the Metaphysical Theater on Anchor FM. Inactivism argues that cognition arises through a dynamic interaction between an acting organism and its environment. It claims that our environment is one which we selectively create through our capacities to interact with the world. Organisms do not passively receive information from their environments, which they then translate into internal representations. Natural cognitive systems, participate in the generation of meaning, engaging in transformational and not merely informational interactions. 
They enact a world. These authors suggest that the increasing emphasis upon inactive terminology presages a new era in thinking about cognitive science. How the actions involved in inactivism relate to age-old questions about free will remains a topic of active debate. The term inactivism is close in meaning to an action, defined as the manner in which a subjective perception creatively matches its actions to the requirements of its situation. The introduction of the term in action in this context is attributed to Francisco de Varela, Evan Thompson, and Eleanor Roche, who proposed the name to emphasize the growing conviction that cognition is not the representation of a Caprian world by a proven mind, but is rather the enactment of a world and a mind on the basis of a history of the variety of actions that are being in world performs. This was further developed by Thompson and others to place emphasis upon the idea that experience of the world is a result of mutual interaction between the sensorimotor capacities of the organism and its environment. The initial emphasis of inactivism upon sensorimotor skills has been criticized as cognitively marginal, but it has been extended to apply to higher level cognitive activities, such as social interactions. In the inactive view, knowledge is constructed. It is constructed by an agent through its sensorimotor interactions with its environment, co-constructed between and within living species through their meaningful interaction with each other. In its most abstract form, knowledge is co-constructed between human individuals in sociolinguistic interactions. Science is a particular form of social knowledge construction that allows us to perceive and predict events beyond our immediate cognitive grasp, and also to construct further, even more powerful scientific knowledge. Inactivism is closely related to situated cognition and embodied cognition, and is presented as an alternative to cognitivism, computationalism, and Cartesian dualism. Philosophical aspects. Inactivism is one of a cluster of related theories, sometimes known as the 4S. As described by Mark Rowland, mental processes are embodied involving more than the brain, including a more general involvement of bodily structures and processes, embedded functioning only in a related external environment. Enacted involving not only neural processes, but also things an organism does, extended into the organism's environment. Inactivism proposes an alternative to dualism as a philosophy of mind, in that it emphasizes the interactions between mind, body and the environment, seeing them all as inseparably intertwined in mental processes. The self rises as part of the process of an embodied entity interacting with the environment in precise ways determined by its physiology. In this sense, individuals can be seen to grow into or arise from their interactive role with the world. Inaction is the idea that organisms create their own experience through their actions. Organisms are not passive receivers of input from the environment, but are actors in the environment such that what they experience is shaped by how they act. In the tree of knowledge Metrona and Varela proposed the term inactive to evoke the view of knowledge that what is known is brought forth, in contraposition to the more classical views of either cognitivism nor to honor connectionism. Nor to they see inactivism as providing a middle ground between the two extremes of representationalism and solipsism. They seek to confront the problem of understanding how our existence the practice of our living is coupled to a surrounding world which appears filled with regularities that are at every instant the result of our biological and social histories to find a via media. To understand the regularity of the world we are experiencing at every moment but without any point of reference independent of ourselves that would give certainty to our descriptions and cognitive assertions.
indeed the whole mechanism of generating ourselves, as describers and observers tells us that our world, as the world which we bring forth in our coexistence with others, will always have precisely that mixture of regularity and mutability, that combination of solidity and shifting sand, so a typical of human experience when we look at it up close. Tree of Knowledge, he 241. Inactivism also addresses the horror problem of consciousness, referred to by Thompson as part of the explanatory gap in explaining how consciousness and subjective experience are related to brain and body. The problem with the dualistic concepts of consciousness and life in standard formulations of the horror problem is that they exclude each other by construction. Instead, according to Thompson's view of inactivism, the study of consciousness or phenomenology as exemplified by Husserl and Merleau-Penty is to complement science and its subjectification of the world. The whole universe of science is built upon the world as directly experienced, and if we want to subject science itself to rigorous scrutiny and arrive at a precise assessment of its meaning and scope, we must begin by reawakening the basic experience of the world of which science is the second-order expression Merleau-Penty, the phenomenology of perception as quoted by Thompson, p. 165. In this interpretation, inactivism asserts that science is formed or enacted as part of humankind's interactivity with its world, and by embracing phenomenology science itself is properly situated in relation to the rest of human life and is thereby secured on a sounder footing. Inaction has been seen as a move to conjoin representationalism with phenomenalism, that is, as adopting a constructivist epistemology, an epistemology centered upon the active participation of the subject in constructing reality. However, constructivism focuses upon more than a simple interactivity that could be described as a minor adjustment to assimilate reality or accommodate to it. Constructivism looks upon interactivity as a radical, creative, revisionist process in which the knower constructs a personal knowledge system based upon their experience and tested by its viability in practical encounters with their environment. Learning is a result of perceived anomalies that produce dissatisfaction with existing conceptions. Metaphysical Pascataway Theatre Podcast Action on Anchors Away FM. How does constructivism relate to an activism? From the above remarks it can be seen that Glazer's felt expresses an interactivity between the norga and the norm quite acceptable to an inactivist, which does not emphasize the structural probing of the environment by the norga that led to the perturbation relative to some expected result that then led to a new understanding. It is this probing activity, especially where it is not accidental but deliberate, that characterizes an action, and invokes affect, that is, the motivation and planning that led to doing and to fashioning the probing, both observing and modifying the environment, so that perceptions and nature condition one another through generating one another. The questioning nature of this probing activity is not an emphasis of Piazzi and Blesisfeld, 